Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on EEI. You guys ain't been in the building for two years now with this coach. All right, but I'll tell you right now. All right, if you're in the damn building, you walk on through our locker room, you ain't seen that crap you saw before. All right? You ain't seeing guys right now planning vacations. You ain't seeing golf clubs in front of players' lockers. You ain't seeing that stuff. Okay? You ain't seeing that. All right, and that's not because of some high school program we're cracking with. It's because our guys understand how to play together as a team. And they understand the process of how they're going through. So I can go through a whole X's and O's evaluation. I can go through a roster evaluation. I can do a lot of things for you right now, okay? I do it every day myself. I go through all that stuff. But in terms of the next step to take, I can tell you right now, okay, I know we're a whole lot closer to where we're going than we are further away. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you we got more players here who are going to be free agents next year, all right, who are in my office every day, begging to come back. I know that. Okay, I know that. The players that we coached last year that still call me twice a week talking about, you know, how much they wish they were still here and they're getting paid more somewhere else. Okay? Oh, man, I wish somebody asked Joe Judge right there in his press conference. Hey, Joe, name one guy that's calling you twice a week to say he misses playing for you. I mean, what a joke this guy is. Unbelievable. And now he's back with the New England Patriots. So how big of an issue is this for the Patriots that Joe Judge could quite possibly be the de facto offensive coordinator for the Patriots. 617-779-7937 is the number. Just a fun fact on Joe Judge saying all these guys are calling him. They want to come back. And all these players that are with the team right now are begging to stay. Every player that left the Giants last year in free agency played for a team that had a better record this past season. Nobody was calling Joe, Joe Judge. I mean, the guy completely lost his mind at the end of his tenure there in New York. He's just making stuff up. Nobody's calling him on the phone saying, hey, I wish I was still playing for you. Nobody was doing that. Nobody was doing that. But that's when he really started to fall apart was that press conference. And, of course, what we would see at the end of the season was some of the most inexplicable decisions that you could ever have in an NFL game, like being backed up near your own end zone and on a third and nine running a quarterback sneak and claiming that it was the right decision. He claimed that was the right decision. He said, ultimately, look, we're backed up. I wanted to get some room. We're going to push it forward. We were going to give ourselves room for the punt. (laughs) We did that. We gave ourselves room for the punt. We protected it. We covered it well. We played the field position situation how I wanted to play it. So Joe Judge was just saying, you know what, on third down, we're not going to try to pick up a first down. We're trying to get ourselves some better field position for the punt. The guy's a coward. He coached like a coward when he was in New York. He made stuff up when he was in New York. He basically admitted that he threw up the white flag on a play. It reminds me of when I was in college covering Syracuse football, and they had a coach by the name of Greg Robinson. Okay, this guy was a complete buffoon, complete idiot. And Greg Robinson, after he on third down, he punted. He legitimately punted on third down. So after the game, he was asked by the reporters, Hey, Greg, did you lose track of downs? Because everybody thought that was the explanation, and probably a coach doesn't want to admit that, right? But that has to be the explanation, that he lost track of downs. That's what I thought happened. But no, he didn't lose track of downs. He actually admitted that, you know what, we thought we'd catch him off guard. Well, yeah, no crap you catch him off guard. They're not expecting a punt on third down. That's why you caught him off guard. That's what Joe Judge reminded me. Third of nine, third and nine, QB sneak. You're not going to try to pick up the first down? You're just going to quarterback C? So... 
it, it was awful there in New York for Joe Judge. And now he comes back to the Patriots, and he is an offensive assistant. Bill Belichick in a statement today said, quote, he's an exceptional leader and one of the best coaches I've been around. <laughs> he's been around Bill Parcells. He's been around Nick Saban. <laughs> he's saying Joe Judge is one of the best coaches he's ever been around. He's been responsible for coaching units composed of nearly every player on the roster. That requires an ability to handle many moving parts, make constant adjustments, and immediate decisions. So I do believe part of the reason that Bill likes Joe Judge is the fact that Bill, of course, at one point was a special teams coordinator, and Joe Judge was a special teams coordinator as well. So I'd be fine if you brought Joe Judge back to be your special teams coordinator. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you look at it, last year the Patriots and – Rick Gosling does these every year from the Talk of Fame Network, Hall of Fame voter and all that. He does his special teams rankings. It's got like 30 different categories, right? So the Patriots in 2020 were number one in special teams. They were in 2021, they were 18. So if she said, all right, Cam Accord, uh, step aside. Joe Judge is coming back. Fine. I'm cool with that. Joe Judge, be the special teams coordinator. I'm, I'm all set with that. But now it feels like the reason Belichick puts out a statement like that is it's almost like he's trying to sell it to the fan base that, hey, this is our guy. They're trying to prop it up that Joe Judge is essentially going to be in charge of the offense. Does anybody have faith that that's going to work whatsoever? I mean, the only time he really worked in terms of on the offensive side of the ball with the Patriots was in 19. I know he had a bunch of different roles, but in 19, he became the receivers coach. Uh, That was like one of the worst years the Patriots have had with receivers. Edelman was great, but he was banged up at the end of the season. Nikhil Harry, I'm not blaming Joe Judge for that, but you didn't get any, anything out of Nikhil Harry. You didn't get anything out of Muhammad Sanu. Jacoby Myers like wasn't playing a whole lot as a rookie, and then he really showed signs in his second and his third year, so I don't know how much credit Joe Judge deserves for that because it seems like most of his maturation process, if you will, came after Joe Judge. Okay, and the, the other thing I look at is this. All you have to know about Joe Judge is the guys that he surrounded himself with with the Giants in terms of how he wants to run offense. So he hires Jason Garrett, who eventually he wanted to fire before he ultimately fired him. But they bring in a guy like Jason Garrett, who had already given up play calling duties years ago in Dallas because he sucked calling plays. Remember, that was the big thing with Jason Garrett at the beginning of his career. Oh, he's such a good play caller. We need Jason Garrett to be our play caller. And then eventually the Dallas Cowboys realized they suck. So they neuter Jason Garrett and they say, you're not calling plays anymore. So that's the guy that is the first offensive coordinator for Joe Judge. And then he wants to fire Joe Judge. Oh, by the way, during all this, remember that him and Mark Colombo got in a verbal altercation. It was a first reported physical. Apparently it wasn't physical, but he got an, had an issue with his offensive line coach. Then the next year, he's blaming Jason Garrett for the issues offensively, which, I mean, Jason Garrett deserves blame. But why the hell would you ever have Jason Garrett as your offensive coordinator? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. The guy sucks. And then, you know who took over for Jason Garrett last year? (laughs) Who the next man up was? Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Okay, remember that guy with the Browns? He was atrocious. The guy sucked. So that all led to this. The Giants last year. They scored on just 27.5% of their drives. That was 30th in the NFL. You know what teams were worse than the Giants in score percentage last year? The Texans and the Jaguars. They were 31st in points per game, if you just want a raw number. 15.2 points per game. Only the Jaguars were worse. If you go over the last two years, they were 32nd in EPA per play. They were 32nd in dropback EPA. So they were one of the worst offenses in the NFL. 
And now as somebody that wants to see a rookie quarterback heading into his second year make a leap, take a step forward, I'm supposed to buy into this whole Joe Judge scenario. And the other thing I'd mention is this, and I mentioned this briefly to Mutt, I have criticized Josh McDaniels, and I didn't like his scheme. I thought there could have been different things that they incorporated into the scheme. But it's very arrogant if you're replacing a guy that's been with this organization since, what, again, 2011, 2012-ish, right? When he made the return after the one year in St. Louis, he takes over for Bill O'Brien. It's pretty damn arrogant if you've had a guy here this long and you're just going to replace him with somebody that doesn't even get the title offensive coordinator and nobody on the staff has ever called plays before. That, to me, is completely arrogant, that the Patriots think they can just do this and as if, as if their offense was so damn good last year. That's what irritates me about this whole situation with Joe Judge. Bill O'Brien, hell yeah, I would have been pumped about that. Bill O'Brien's had success in the NFL. He won the division four times. He was a good play caller for the Patriots. Now, I can look at some of the numbers with the Texans. I didn't like the early down play calling, 21st at EPA and early down play calling. But his offenses were pretty damn good. He uses new stuff, RPOs. He incorporates play action. And we've seen what he did with Deshaun Watson there in 2019. They had a really damn good offense. And he comes from the collegiate ranks in Alabama where Mac Jones just played. And I know he didn't coach Mac Jones, but Mac Jones taught him the playbook. It makes total sense if you could get him. But Joe Judge just replacing Josh McDaniels with Joe Judge and just running the same stale offensive system that we saw with the Patriots last season, that to me, I can't sign up for that whatsoever. That irritates me. You told me special teams coordinator, fine, whatever. But I just feel like one of the things with the Patriots is – from the offensive side of things, they're missing on both portions of this right now. So the first portion is, and I'll get into this in greater detail, they're missing on the talent. They don't have the talent right now at the skill positions, right? Now, look, they certainly upgraded in terms of getting Kendrick Bourne in free agency, getting Hunter Henry in free agency. We all know that Jonu Smith was a miss. Hopefully you get more to the guy next year. I mean, you can't get less out of the guy next year. So hopefully you get a little bit more out of John U. Smith next year. But you don't have a great group of skill position players. I think we can all acknowledge that. So you don't have that, and you don't have the scheme. So you're really missing out on both things that help a young quarterback in the NFL. You don't have weapons, and you don't have a good scheme. And that, to me, is where I'm going to have to put a lot of the blame on Bill Belichick for that because he's the guy that's in charge of this coaching staff. Now, the one other wrinkle I'll throw at this situation is Robert Kraft because one of the things I mentioned last week as it pertains to Robert Kraft and the spending with this organization is if you look at the total money they spent on players from 2011 to 2019, so the final stretch for Brady, it averaged out to be about 17th of the NFL in terms of actual cash they paid players, not the salary cap, actual cash they paid players. Well, when Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, his second year there, you know where Tampa Bay was? Second in the NFL in total cash spent on players, $230 million this year. So is this a scenario where Robert Kraft, and this is just a theory I'm throwing out here, I'm just throwing it out, that Robert Kraft said, hey, Bill, you got a budget on your coaches. And if that's the case, then some of the blame has to go on Robert Kraft as well because you should not be having a young talent like Mac Jones trying to mature and grow up in this league and improve and not have the proper weapons around him. And secondarily, and maybe more importantly, because you can't guarantee you're going to find that weapon in free agency via the draft, via the trade. They're going to try, but you can't guarantee that. You should have a better play caller and you should have a good scheme. 
And I have no faith right now with Joe Judge coming back and being the de facto offensive coordinator that the Patriots are going to have a better scheme in 2022 than they had in 2021. And I felt they needed a upgrade in terms of the scheme from Josh McDaniels. And now you're going in the other direction. You're going with Joe Judge. You can convince me, and I've convinced myself, and I believe that if you look at some of the numbers, some of the stuff that Bill O'Brien has done at the collegiate level and at the NFL level, it would be an upgrade with Mac Jones pairing up with O'Brien rather than McDaniels. But this this is a downgrade, and it's a massive concern for the Patriots going forward. All right, 617-779. 7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight here. So if you want to weigh in on this, what do you make of the Patriots being bringing back Joe Judge? There's one other massive issue I have with this. We'll get into it in just a little bit here on EI. You're home for Patriots Monday and Friday. Now here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Well, big news for the Bees tonight. The Athletics, Fluto Shinzawa reporting the Tuka Rask comeback is not expected to continue. Rask last played on January 24th, allowing five goals on 27 shots. He's been dealing with discomfort related to his hip surgery. He could finalize his retirement decision in the next few days here. On the ice, the Bees fell to the Penguins 4-2 tonight. David Pasternak with a pair of goals in the loss. Jeremy Swayman on the hook for three goals. Old friend Danton Heinen scored twice in less than a minute for Pittsburgh. The Bees will host the Hurricanes on Thursday night. Well, we're just talking about it. The Patriots bringing back Joe Judge. He'll be an offensive assistant. Cannot wait. Judge was just fired after he went, wait for it, 10-23 and as the Giants head coach. The Seas beat the Nets 126-91. That's six straight wins for the Green Baby. More on them later. Jalen Brown with 22-9-7. Marcus Smart also had 22-19 for Jason Tatum on 7 of 11 shooting. Big test Friday night for the Seas. They'll host the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, and the Nuggets. May try to get tickets for that one. Well, are the tickets still super cheap, Justin? I was actually looking at Friday night. They're at like 25 bucks a piece right now. Oh, okay. I'm going to go. A couple beverages. Have a good time. All right. Couple trades in the NBA today. The Pelicans picked up CJ McCollum from the Blazers. The main piece is going back to Portland. Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, a protected first round pick, two second round picks. The Pacers sent DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a second round pick to the Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. I cannot believe that the Kings gave up Tyrese Halliburton. And also, in this equation, Buddy Heald could get moved in the next couple of days. So they may have another asset here in Indiana to trade away because I don't think Buddy Heald's there for the long term considering they have Brogdon there. They just drafted Chris Duarte and they have Tyrese Halliburton. They may ship Heald to another team. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. What you want to hear more of Brian Barrett on EEI because behind closed doors, when we shut those doors, I can tell every player to a man, look him in the eye, exactly what the hell he screwed up on and exactly how it's got to get fixed. I can tell him to hold him as accountable as can be because I ain't going to sit up here like some other coward sitting behind the microphone and put his players on blast. Okay, that's it. I signed up to be the head coach here. Whatever bull gets fired, better get fired for me. You got that? It's got to go through me to get to that. And that's the way it is. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. <laughs> yeah, Joe Judge, he's coming home all right. Oh, man. I just hope that he does not have a lot of media availability because, man, that guy, well, actually, maybe for my own sake, for people here at the radio station, we hope that he gets a lot of media availability, but I can't stand the guy. I mean, the guy was a complete buffoon when he was in New York, thought he could be another version of Bill Belichick. Clearly, that was not the case whatsoever. I cannot stand him. And this really. It irritates me, and I've defended Bill for a couple of years here with everything that went on with Brady, et cetera, and I love what he did in the draft last year with Mack and with Ramondre Stevenson and with Barmore, and you start to think about it. Okay, well, Bill's drafting well again, and Elliot Wolf part of the process. He didn't leave the organization. Dave Ziegler did, so you're convincing yourself. If Bill has another draft, like you can put this organization in a really good position going forward, but now I'm starting to really question the coaching staff and why Bill doesn't go outside of the house and why Bill doesn't look somewhere outside of guys that he used to coach or coached under him, I should say. All these guys are coming back. Like when Josh McDaniels came back, you could justify it. You could understand it. Okay, well, Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator for the Patriots in 07 and when they were 11-5 and with Matt Castle. Now, he had his issues in Denver. Nobody's disputing that. He had his issues in St. Louis. Nobody's disputing that. But O'Brien was leaving. You bring Josh back, who had success as an offensive coordinator here. What is Joe Judge's claim to fame? Heck, Matt Patricia has a better resume than Joe Judge. So what is Bill thinking here? You have to go outside the box. I'm sorry, you can't be so comfortable. You have got to get somebody that can look at your offense, give it a real look, and say things have got to change in terms of how you're scheming things up. There's no reason that a quarterback like Mac Jones with the eighth-ranked rushing offense of the NFL should be 17th in play-action pass attempts. Okay? That shouldn't happen. Justin Herbert's second and the Chargers can't run. It's been studied. You don't need to run the ball well to incorporate play action. So why the hell isn't Mac Jones using more play action when you actually do have a good running game? I felt Bill O'Brien could come here and he could change some of that crap around. 
And before just bringing Joe Judge in, don't you want to talk to some people? That's what irritates me. Don't you want to pick some other people's brain on what's going on here? Like, think about this, for example. The Buffalo Bills, who have been a really good organization. I know this seems crazy to say, but the Bills have been a really good organization for about the past five years or so. Essentially, since they hired Brandon Bean. Okay, and as we've seen, Shane takes the GM job in New York, and he brings Brian Dayball with him, who, oh, by the way, is a really good offensive coordinator that was with the Patriots for a while. He went to the collegiate level. He called plays for Nick Saban. So he's got experiences in different locations, and it's helped him grow as a coach. He's admitted that. He said at times he was too stubborn as a play caller, and he was able to go to the collegiate level, and or he's too stubborn as a coach. He goes to the collegiate level, picks up on some things, and look what he does with Josh Allen. Takes some of the stuff that the college offenses were doing, and he uses that on his talented quarterback. But anyway, just getting back to the Bills for a second. So they lose Brian Dayball. Big loss for them, right? Outstanding play caller. So what do they do? They promote Ken Dorsey, who's been the quarterback's coach there for a while there under Sean McDermott. He's been part of that coaching staff for a while. All right, so that makes sense. But what do they also do? They give themselves a margin of error. They give themselves a backup plan. They bring in Joe Brady to be the offensive coordinator, which makes a lot of sense. Or, excuse me, to be the quarterback's coach. He's called plays before for Carolina. Now, I don't believe that he was the problem in Carolina. I think that's Matt Rule, but that's beside the point. At the collegiate level, he comes from the Sean Payton coaching tree, right? Because he coached under Sean Payton in New Orleans. Okay, so he learned from Sean Payton. He goes to LSU. They have the best offense of the country. They have the Heisman Trophy winner in Joe Burrow. They won a national championship. So he's had experiences at different levels as a play caller. What else do they do? Oh, they bring in Aaron Cromer. Aaron Cromer, O-line coach with... The Rams, most recently, he was out at the NFL this year. The two years prior to that, he was the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach for the Rams. And Aaron Cromer also worked under Sean Payton as an offensive coordinator and an offensive line coach. So Aaron Cromer has worked under Sean Payton and under Sean McVay. Joe Brady has worked under Sean Payton. Ken Dorsey has worked under Brian Dable. So think about that. You have three good offensive minds in your building right now to help replace Brian Dable. So you didn't just get one guy. You promoted one guy and you brought in two more guys. What have the Patriots done to replace Josh McDaniels? Oh, yeah, they they, they brought back Joe Judge. I, I mean, it, it's quite frankly, from a fan's perspective, it's unacceptable. They should be doing more trying to replace Josh McDaniels. And the other thing I mentioned, too, is I mentioned this briefly to Mike. You look at a team like Brian Dable takes the head coaching job with the New York Giants. So he's smart. He gets a guy that can, and now after Josh McDaniels takes Patrick Graham away from him, he ends up getting a guy like Wink Martindale, who had a lot of success with the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so he gets him as his defensive coordinator, and then his offensive coordinator, he takes him off Andy Reid's staff, Mike Kafka, because Dayball is going to call the plays, but he brings in Mike Kafka, who comes from the Andy Reid system, which is obviously different from Brian Dayball's system. So he's got a brain to pick in terms of the game planning offensively. He's got a guy to help him with the offensive game planning. It makes perfect sense. You're getting guys that have worked for different organizations with different ideologies from an offensive perspective, and you're bringing that into your culture. The Patriots aren't doing that. Joe Judge is going to come back here. He's going to do exactly what Josh McDaniels is doing before. And at not a high, not as high of a level because he's never done it before. So that to me makes no sense. Why don't you expand your search and get different sort of thinking around this, right? I mean, I think about Kyle Shanahan. 
and how much Bill respects the Shanahan family. Remember, Mike Shanahan was like the only guy that stuck up for Bill during Spygate. Mike Shanahan said that, oh, I wish I thought of it. That's essentially what he said during the Spygate thing. So why wouldn't he try to pick somebody off Kyle Shanahan's staff? Or not pick somebody off, but look at somebody that worked under Kyle Shanahan. All these guys across the NFL have worked for Shanahan and McVay, and it feels like the Patriots are the only team that doesn't want to entertain the possibility of even talking to one of these guys. Quite frankly, if I was Bill, I'd bring in Sean Payton this offseason to talk to him. I know he's not going to come on to the staff, but talk to him. Pick his brain. Same thing with a guy like Mike Shanahan. Pick his brain. Hey, why does everybody that's ever worked for you or your kid work in the NFL? But Bill wants to keep it with this system, and that's what irritates me. Because even like, for example, I just don't think there's going to be different thinking with Joe Judge than what we've seen here basically forever with the Patriots, right? Because Joe Judge goes to the Giants. He gets Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens, and not exactly uh, great names to run your offense. So it's not a lot of new thinking, right? There's not a lot of forward thinking with that coaching staff. See, when Brian Flores was elevated after Matt Patricia, he had his own ideas of what he wanted to do defensively. His defense is nothing like Matt Patricia's. In fact, if you look at his defense with the Dolphins, he kind of started that with the Patriots. His first year as the play caller, he started blitzing a ton, which is something the Patriots ordinarily didn't do. You look at the Dolphins this past season, second in blitz rate of the NFL, third in pressure rate. So he came up with his own scheme. I mean, it's kind of like what Tennessee did a couple of years ago with Arthur Smith, who's now, of course, the head coach with Atlanta. So Matt LaFleur ends up leaving to take the head coaching job with Green Bay. What Arthur Smith realizes is like, oh, with Tannehill, this guy's really good in play action. I can take advantage of his strengths, and they run a play action pass game, and Tannehill has his best year in the NFL, and he's played pretty well there in Tennessee the past few years, although the playoff game notwithstanding. But that all started with Arthur Smith. I just don't believe that Joe Judge is going to come here and he's going to have ideas and a different way of looking at offense than what we've seen here with the Patriots for years. And that, to me, is just a missed opportunity from Bill Belichick and company that they didn't go outside the family. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Is this Joe Judge hire a disaster, especially if he ends up being the play caller? Let's kick it off with JP in New Hampshire. What's up, JP? Hey, Brian, how you doing? Um, so, listen, while I agree with you that the succession plan is a total disappointment, um, and I know for the last 20 years everyone has said, you know, it's no shock that there's no uh, designation, right, to any of the coaches. You have to earn it with Bill Belichick. I, I get that, or with whether it be Steve or Mayo or even Joe Judge coming in now. It, you have to earn it. So that that's one thing. But I just want to make a quick point on Bill O'Brien. Billy O'Brien wasn't going to come here unless he was going to get paid. You hit, you, you touched upon the budget piece. Yeah, he doesn't want to come back to me. You know, see, he wants to be a head coach again. So I just, I'll just leave that one alone. There was no chance he was coming here. Um, he'd rather stay in Alabama, have some fun, get some pay, let everyone fall where they may fall, and just wait till next year. But with regards to moving forward, Joe Judge himself, I get it. While the record and the comments. Uh, you know, it doesn't shine well for him. He is he is a hard guy, and I was going to say another word, but he's a hard butt, right? He wants he he knows how to push things. Bill Belichick wants control. He's going to have control over um, Joe Judge and be able to do something different. I truly believe in Bill that I I think we're going to see something totally different next year. Totally different, Brian. What do you mean, like from a scheme perspective or what? Yeah, well, listen, Josh McDaniels for, what, 
12 years or whatever, 10 years, when he was off and on here, he set a foundation that Bill watched and, and was part of. So he, he does have that offensive set in his head of where we need to be. He just wants to expand it. Maybe he, maybe this is a blessing. He couldn't expand that with Josh because Josh was set in his way. Maybe now there could be some expansion. There could be some. Yeah, but hold on, some, JP. Some you don't think you don't think Bill had the power to say to Josh McDaniels, "Hey, I want to add this to the offense or that to the offense," and Josh was like, "No," and Josh won that battle. If you will, I can't buy that. Oh, I, I actually I do a little bit, and I'll tell you why. Because what what listen what what he did, not Bill Belichick, um, but what Josh McDaniels did worked, and Bill had to go with it. But I think he wanted to expand it up a little bit, and I'm not sure. And I think he wanted to expand it up this year. And Josh was like, "Hey, we got to take him along this way," and and that's kind of what the plan was. I think he wants to go at it this year. I think Joe Judge is a hard ass and he's going to go after um he's going to go after uh, Mac and he's going to, and he's going to challenge everybody on the offense and he's going to do some things differently and I think that's the reason why um Bill is 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 leaning on him a little bit cuz he can have control. He he's been in his office. Let me ask you this, Brian. Mm-hmm. Who has Bill Belichick had for any type of coordinator that has not done well? What do you mean? Any coordinator that's been under Bill Belichick that has not done well for the Patriots in their system. You're saying as the actual coordinator? Yeah, as a coordinator or, quote, not designated but been there. Who has not done well where he's Like you're saying before they leave. Yeah, before they leave. Uh, Like Dean Pease was not good for the Patriots. Right. Well, in general, for the most part, his record is pretty good. I mean, Stephen and Mayo this year, eh, you know, maybe a B minus or so, but but they're there. It's, but it's, also, it's JP too, like when it, it, when you bring that up and you talk about like the offensive guys with Weiss and with O'Brien and most recently Josh McDaniels. I mean, those guys for the most part are working with Brady, so I mean, it gets kind of skewed, right, in terms of saying like who wasn't good here. And on the defensive side of the right. football, you had basically Bill's system for all those years, right? Now Flores put his own spin on it, but. Matt Patricia was running Bill's defense. Romeo Cornell was running Bill's defense, right? So it wasn't like those guys were doing mm-hmm. something totally outside of the box. So the reason they were so successful is because Bill was running the defense, essentially, and because of the fact that you had Tom Brady, who was running the offense. So I, I don't give, like, the offensive coordinators a ton of credit in terms of what they were able to do. Fair enough. So you had Brady having some control over that. And I think with Mac. And having Joe Judge and Joe Judge pushing Mac and pushing this new system differently. That's yeah, but I don't, saying. JP. I, I look, I, I JP. I, J, JP. I appreciate the phone call. It's just I don't know what Joe Judge's system is. He's never had one. He's, My name is Judge. He, he's never been an offensive play caller. He's been a receivers coach and he's been a special teams coordinator. So I just don't know what that system is. And based on what his team was running in New York, it was a joke. They wanted to run the ball a lot. They couldn't run. They had Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens calling plays. They had no passing game whatsoever. Their offense was a complete disaster. And you could look at it and say, yeah, some of it's personnel, but there also wasn't a good scheme there either. Let's get to Mike. He is in New Hampshire. Hey, Mike. Hey, Brian. Appreciate you taking my call. Sure. Um, I think we can all agree we're not uh, super excited. We don't think Joe Judge is uh, a home run to bring back, but I think some of the moves have paid off in the past, bringing back people, whether it's McDaniels bringing him back. Um, Patricia helped the defense, and I know it's 
a completely different scenario, but in the same sense, bring in. Yeah, Mike, I'd say the only Scar- guy that. Scarnecchia. Yeah, the only. Oh, the, oh, the guy. Yeah, Scarnecchia bringing him back. Yes, that worked. And he's arguably the greatest line coach in the history of the league. McDaniels, sure, perfect. He fit right in. But I would also argue that even if Josh doesn't come back, they probably figure it out because Tom Brady was here at the beginning of that. And remember, O'Brien really is the one that took that offense to a new dimension with the two tight ends. And McDaniels just had to essentially do what he was doing. But right now I feel like the offense has issues and Joe judge. It's not like he's coming back to his old role. Like McDaniels was, you're basically asking him to do a totally different role that he has no experience in whatsoever. And his team as an offense last year or the past two years was a complete disaster. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Definitely don't disagree with anything you said. My only point is since they haven't named him the de facto offensive coordinator, which they don't do often, Potentially, if Ivan Fears leaves and ends up retiring, he might transition to more of a role of a true offensive assistant, and that's where I think he might add value. Um, Obviously, that still leaves a void in the offense, but I think if he ends up factoring in a role on the coaching staff, more of an assistant than an offensive coordinator, um, that could could be where it, it might add value to the team. All right, Mike, appreciate the phone call. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. It's just, I am worried that this is it for the Patriots in terms of the offensive side of the football. And I just feel like it's so imperative with the young quarterback. I know the cliche is, oh, you got to protect him. That's certainly true. But you have to give him weapons and you have to give him a good scheme. And I just feel like Mac Jones right now, they're not doing either one of those things by bringing back a guy like Joe Judge. The scheme, I felt, didn't take advantage of Mac's skill set last year. And I've given you the numbers before, but it's worth mentioning again. Mac Jones at the collegiate level, 52% of his passing attempts last year at, at Alabama, two years ago, I should say, came out of play action or RPOs. This year, he had just 32 passing attempts out of RPOs, and just 26.1% of his passes were out of RPOs or play action. He was 17th of the NFL in play action pass attempts. So I felt like the low-hanging fruit in the NFL last season, they didn't take advantage of that with Mac Jones. Josh McDaniels didn't, and I felt Bill O'Brien could do that. But Joe Judge, who knows what the hell the guy's going to do? They were running the Jason Garrett offense, the Freddie Kitchens offense. So why would I think that Joe Judge is going to come in here and he's going to fix things from an offensive perspective? Let's get to Steve. He's in Centerville. What's up, Steve? Steve A. Uh, Are you with me, man? I got you. Yeah, so basically this Joe Judge thing is a fiasco. You've nailed it. But, you know, Brian, I think we need to be positive. I mean, there's no sign that he's been a wife beater. There's no evidence out there that he's involved in illicit crimes or drugs. And there's no indication that he's, like, beat his kids. So, you know, give the Patriots credit for that. (laughs) Okay, Steve. Uh, I appreciate the phone call. All right. Did Steve fall down the stairs there when he first took the call? I don't know. He could be suffering from CTE or he had a couple of beverages tonight. Uh, the other thing I'll just mention real briefly, and I'll get into this in greater detail later, is I just look at the young quarterbacks in the NFL over the past couple of years that have succeeded. Mahomes comes into the NFL. He sits for most of that first year, plays in the final game of the season. Immediately when he starts his second year, he has Tyreek Hill, arguably the fastest guy in the NFL, and a stud tight end in Travis Kelsey. When you look at Joe Burrow, they get him T. Higgins his first year, and then his second year they get him his college teammate, Jabbar Chase, who was already one of the best receivers in the NFL. When 
Deshaun Watson burst onto the scene with the Houston Texans. He had DeAndre Hopkins, who was one of the best receivers in the NFL. This is how it ordinarily happens. These good young quarterbacks usually have good weapons, right? And you think about some of the guys that have struggled. Look, look at Trevor Lawrence. No weapons. No weapons this past season. When did Josh Allen take off? When they got him Stephon Diggs. So when I just put all that together, you don't have weapons and I'm really worried about the scheme going forward with Joe Judge coming in. All right, 617-779-7937 is a number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. If you want to weigh in on this Joe Judge situation, certainly can. And I do have an internal solution to one of the Patriots' offensive problems that I'll get to in just a little bit here in EEI. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're right back to it. This is Brian Barrett on EEI. All right, and we are with you until midnight. So, obviously, we have Joe Burrow playing in the Super Bowl against Matt Stafford. But the big thing about Burrow, year two, makes a leap. Numbers go way up compared to where he was a season ago. And part of that reason is Jamar Chase. So, if you look at Jamar Chase, who was the number one target for Joe Burrow, and you juxtapose that to who Mac Jones' number one target was last year. Now, I believe it should be somebody else, but last year was Jacoby Myers. So Chase last year was targeted 128 times. That was 20th in the NFL. Jacoby Myers right there, 126 targets. That was 22nd in the NFL. Here's the difference. Chase, 18 yards per reception, second in the NFL. Jacoby Myers, 18.4 yards per reception. That was 88th in the NFL. Jamar Chase was at 8.3 yak per reception. So yards after the catch, 8.3. That was fifth out of 127 qualified receivers. Myers, just three yak per reception. That was 117th out of 127. So Myers as your number one option last year, which he was in terms of the targets, 126, most on the Patriots by far. He isn't getting down the field, and he isn't hurting you after the catch. When you look at true number one receivers, ideally they do at least one of those well, but the real Pro Bowl caliber, all pro receivers do both of those well, like Jamar Chase's. And the reason I bring that up is the fact that, well, right now from a scheme perspective, the Patriots don't really have an advantage. And then secondarily, from a weapons perspective, Mac Jones doesn't really have an opportunity to succeed at a high level. And that's what concerns me going forward. You have a young quarterback that certainly showed signs last year in his rookie season. And I just wonder now if he has the proper coaching with McDaniels out of the building and O'Brien not coming here, it looks like, and it appears Joe Judge is going to be the highest on the food chain as it pertains to 
the offensive side of the football and you don't have a legitimate bona fide number one option in the passing game, which certainly you're going to need to address in this offseason. But as of now, you don't have a number one guy. So for Mac to develop and overcome all that, it seems like you're asking too much of the player. Joe Burrow's got the weapons. Joe Burrow has his team in the Super Bowl. Justin Herbert has the weapons. He has Keenan Allen, who's an absolute stud. He has Austin Eckler out of the backfield that is one of the best receiving backs in the entire NFL. Pat Mahomes came into the league. He had the weapons that he needed. Mac Jones doesn't. He doesn't have the weapons. He doesn't have the scheme. Let's get to 617-779-7937, the number. Let's check in with Pauly. He's on the couch by now, I would assume. What's up, Pauly? Right on, Brian, man. You get, you're in rhythm now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, how could you not want Joe Judge here, Brian, okay? Number I don't want one, him as the – Pauly, hold on, hold on. I don't want him as the right. main offensive guy. I'm fine with him coming in as the special right, teams yeah, coach. I was going to end with that. So I'll end with at the beginning. He's probably – they're probably not done. I hope not. There's probably someone else they're going to be bringing in. You know, and maybe maybe it'll be Gase. You know, it could be O'Brien. But he, he knows the system. He knows the Patriots system. He knows the offense. He was a quarterback in college. He's a Swiss Army knife sort of a coach where he can help out with the quarterback because he was a quarterback. Uh, maybe help you know with his mechanics, what have you, whatever, keep him on on the beam. And then he he, he coached receivers and special teams. And he did and he did and he did it well. So but hold he, on, you know, Paul. Let me ask you this, though. Paul, hold right on. Off the bat. Let me ask you this, though. You say he can help out the quarterback. What happened to his quarterback in New York? The guy sucked. Well, I, I understand that. Well, you, I, in a small way, he can contribute, okay? But he can contribute in a larger way with the receivers and the special teams right off the bat. He comes at a bargain value. He comes at a bargain of paying peanuts because he's already getting paid by the Giants. So the coach is going to be paying him peanuts and getting all that work out of him. I mean, how, how would you, why would you not? Uh, take him. He's not going to be uh, running the offense per se, like we agreed on that. But let me I don't know about that, Paulie. I, I don't know. Are you 100 percent sure on that? I'm not sure about that. I hope. Well, I hope I am. I, I'd say that I am. I don't think they. I don't think they're done there. But why? Well, again, they're bringing him in for a, whole, a plethora of different things that I just mentioned, and probably a few, a couple of things that I haven't. That coach, that coach knows he can do. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can help out a lot. Like it's, it's been a brain drain. Well, this key, yeah, he, 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 he infuses a system, uh, re-infuses a system with, with, with some brains, okay, and, and things that he knows how to do, and he's, he's good at. Coach knows how to pick him. He'll settle him down. He's not going to allow him to get crazy, crazy-headed crazy and, and what have you, like he was down in New York and get a little too wild, you know, the things he's saying and what he's thinking. He's going to – Paul, let's hope that he, Bill doesn't let him talk to the media. I mean, come on. I mean, you can't have this guy talking to the media. I mean, holy right, crap. Okay. Uh, did you hear uh, him say, it, did you hear that, Paulie? did no, you hear that? working guy. Yeah. What? Did you hear that thing he said last year about how he's got players calling him twice a week wishing they still played for him? Okay. Well, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. That's another good thing. No, I that's made up, Paul. There's no way it's though. true. It's made up. He, we'll he punch made that in the nose for 60 minutes. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, Brian. Uh, can I get this on Brady? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Moment. Yeah, what do you all got right, on Brady? Brother. All right. Okay, now. And one of the, I, it wasn't, I've been talking about this for like a month. Because I know, you know Tommy, I know he wants to. He loved nothing better to go home and finish his career. And, you know, it one of the and, and one of the things I was looking at early that that also cued my interest was, um, you know, I had already thought about you know Tommy wanting to go home and thought you know the, the possibility of 
you know, him, him, him going, going to San Fran with the, with this, things haven't changed in San Fran with, uh, what Trey Lance not so far not working out. He probably had given up hope when they traded for all those, for the trade of the draft picks for Lance, but it, it really hasn't worked out. And, G, and Garoppolo didn't work, really work out with him either. He's gone. And Lance is definitely not ready and he may never be ready. Um, but he's definitely not ready now and opens the door again. So got to get some thinking in. And, and one of the clues as I was, I, after I was, I had thought of, I thought of that was Gronk. Now Gronk, he said, he first said that he was going to step back after the year's over and see how he feels. I said, okay, that tells me Tommy's going to be pumped, faking retirement. Okay. Well, and then, and then, and then, Brady comes out, and then Gronk disappears into the woodwork. Okay, we haven't heard from him since. If Tommy was really retiring, Gronk would have been right behind him. Yep, me too. You know, and I'm retiring. Well, too. hey, Gronk he disappeared. We haven't heard from him. Yeah, well, Gronk and did say he's today. In the year, what they were in cahoots, and I've been saying that from the beginning. You got to watch what Gronk's doing too. He's not. Saying he's going to retire, that would really complicate things, and they'd have to. Well, both of you are going to retire now. Now you're both maybe coming back. It's it's up to Tommy now. Gronk's sitting back. Yeah, well, Gronk said Gronk said today, Paulie today Gronk said that if he had to play with another quarterback, it'd be Joe Burrow. Well, maybe 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 that's the chance. He's thinking about playing. Maybe he's leading you astray. Maybe he's leading you down the uh, down the garden path. Well, he's just waiting for Tommy the whole time because we know yeah, Tom look, Brady well, is quarterback, I, I, and Tom Brady is thinking about playing. So again, so who do you think he's really thinking about? Yeah, Why I don't be realistic. Yeah, don't take the bait, Paulie. All right, all right, all right. I got you, Paulie. I appreciate the call. See, I never felt like Tom Brady sounded like a guy that wanted to retire. I've said that from day one. I by reading his Instagram post, he never actually said the words retiring. What I think happened to Tom, and look, part of it's family, obviously, but I think secondarily part of it, and the most important part of it from my perspective, is Tom looked at that team and he said, this is the 2019 Patriots again. I can't win with this Tampa team. And Dominican Sue is old. Jason Pierre-Paul is done. Chris Godwin's going to go to the highest bidder and get paid after coming back from an ACL injury. You look at a guy like Ryan Jensen, he's going to get paid as one of the best centers on the market. So I think that he looked at it and said, he mentioned a couple weeks ago, I said, he, remember he was originally saying, I'm going to play until I suck. And then he said a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago now, I'm going to play until I'm championship caliber. And what he meant by that was the team. And the team's not championship caliber anymore. So Tom did not want to go through that and be miserable at the end of his career. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. But to Paulie's point, I, I'm not ruling out him coming back. By the statement that he made and hearing him talk with Jim Gray in the Let's Go Pocket, I'm not ruling a return back at all. The guy was just arguably the best quarterback in the league this past season. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So if you do want to weigh in on the Joe Judge situation, that's on the table. Plus, I will get into the one guy the Patriots need to use more coming up next season. And Josh McDaniels, I put this on him, that they didn't use him more a season ago. Plus, we will get into the Celtics. They win six in a row tonight. The head coach of the team some very interesting comments about the trading deadline and some of the proposed deals that are out there right now in terms of the Celtics rumors. I don't like any of them. I'll tell you why in just a little bit here on EA. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 